It is Monday, the 17th of May, 2021. We have lost another ECW original, rest in peace, New Jack. And you're listening to the Handsome Genius Club radio show. Hey kids, welcome to the show. My name is Kingdom, Anthony Kingdom James. Uh, I am not going to spend a long time uh, eulogizing New Jack other than to say that um, the couple of occasions that I met him were a great experience for me. I have nothing but positive to say about uh, New Jack from my personal experience. Uh, I know I know his story the same way you know his story. Um, and the dark side of the ring episode about new Jack was fantastic. Uh, I interacted with him only a couple of times, uh, one time in particular, which is a story I'll be telling on my Patreon channel soon, uh, patreon.com slash my name is kingdom. We're up to 10, we're up to 10 subscribers on, uh, on Patreon. Our ultimate goal is a hundred is 100 subscribers. Uh, welcome aboard to, uh, to, uh, uh, our good friend Marcus Gold. Um, I believe I already said, uh, welcome aboard to, uh, Scumbag Yates. And, uh, of course, uh, before that was, uh, Chrissy Bowman. But welcome aboard to all of our new patrons. And I hope you will check it out. As little as two bucks a month, we're reorganizing some of the Patreon stuff. But anyways, I don't want to get too off track here. What I want to say is, um, uh, New Jack was not a gimmick. That's who that guy was. And damn, he was every bit of that guy. You did not fuck with New Jack. And, uh, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that the interactions I had with him went as well as they did, man. Um, but like I said, I'm going to tell, I'm going to, I'm going to tell that story. I'm going to tell the one particular story, uh, in a video on Patreon coming up. This, I th- probably, probably next Monday it'll be online. Um, but speaking of hardcore wrestling, because man, New Jack is, kind of the patron saint of hardcore in, in North America, isn't he? Um, if there's a Mount Rushmore of hardcore, uh, you, yeah, New Jack, Mick Foley, Terry Funk, uh, and then, uh, you gotta make room for, for some Japanese wrestlers, don't you? Anita? <laughs> Anyways, um, In the midst, it's, it's kind of a, it, I, I don't want to say fortuitous because Lord knows I, I didn't want New Jack to have a heart attack. I didn't want New Jack to be gone. I want New Jack to be here to tell his stories and do his thing still. But it was kind of a whirlwind in that, um, I found out why in the midst, literally in the midst of watching the Nick Gage episode of Dark Side of the Ring that New Jack had died. And at the same time, I know that the next episode of 
this podcast is going to be today's episode with uh, Addy Star as our guest. Deathmatch Wrestling Lego Bumpin' Addy Star. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, with that whole thought salad of New Jack and Nick Gage. Um, I'm not going to waste any more time. I want you, let's, let's get inside the mind of, uh, of a deathmatch wrestler right now. Hey kids, uh, today's guest has been dubbed the queen of crazy for her penchant for deathmatch wrestling. But when she's not bumping on Lego bricks, she's a high school teacher by day and occasional Twitch streamer by night. Fellow handsome geniuses, please welcome Addie Starr to the radio show. Hi, Addie. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Everything's going good over here. Okay. Hiding. Uh, well, we talk. You're you're uh, you're 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 hiding out in in a relative's basement right now. Yes, we're <laughs> we're in between houses at the moment. Um, so I am in my mother-in-law's basement at the moment, uh, which is fine. It's going going fine. Everything's fine. You know, it's just fine. <laughs> Who are you trying to convince? I know. I know. Right. No, it's fine. It's great. It's yeah. It's great. It, I mean. Yeah. It, best of an awkward situation i'm sure mm-hmm. yeah it's just you know it is what it is we're between houses we we have our own space in the basement it's nice it's we get really great meals cooked for us so i can't complain <laughs> so okay for, first things first i have to ask what's your first reaction when you learn that a multi-billion dollar toy company has issued a cease and desist order for the match you've become synonymous with um, I kind of see it as like, if you haven't gotten a cease and desist, like, have you really like made an impact in wrestling at some <laughs> point? Like, have you actually done anything? <laughs> so I'm actually pretty proud of it, to be fair. Um, so it was actually ISW that got the cease and desist, not me. Yeah. So I can't really, I can't really get that claim to fame, but it was the company that got the cease and desist. Um, because I, I think that they were really not happy about Lego being used for something so sinister. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's a family toy. Like little kids are supposed to enjoy. It's supposed to be fun and cute. And here we are, like bleeding and being thrown on it for horrible reasons. <laughs> so I don't think they were very happy about it. Uh, but your immediate. What's your immediate reaction when uh, when? ISW promoter Mike Roch, best name ever. Uh, when Mike when Mike says, "Hey, guess what? What what's your immediate reaction to uh, Legos threatened to sue you or sue was, the company?" I think I was pretty stoked about it because I think that means that we've made an impact. Yeah, like it means that we we've gotten big enough and we've we've done something that has enough impact that people are noticing it, whether it's good or bad. Yeah, because I mean that's really what you want in wrestling. You want people to know who you are. You want to be heard about, you know, all around the world. You want you want some kind of reaction from from the rest of the world to what you do. So even if it's something like a cease and desist, my my initial reaction is like, wow, we we've actually gotten pretty popular. That's pretty cool. <laughs> How did Lego end up becoming a weapon in your matches? Uh, so 
I will always say that I was not the first person to do it. Yeah. Um, it was a match that was done um, before I started in ISW. Um, and I think it all just started with the whole, you know, trope of like, what's the worst thing in the world to step on a Lego, right? <laughs> um, and it's one of those things where like, you know, you watch a death match um, with like barbed wire and light tubes and thumbtacks and everything. Um, and and people will watch that and think, yeah, that must be really bad. But I have no idea what that actually feels like because your your everyday person hasn't really like been thrown into barbed wire or hasn't had a light tube smashed over their head. Like yeah. most people, I would most say. Most people. Yeah, most people. Um, so you can't really equate that kind of pain. Whereas something like a Lego, I guess the, the idea behind it was like people know what that feels feels like mm. so it must be like a really great weapon to use because people would watch that match and go oh my god i know exactly what that's like i can't even imagine being thrown onto thousands of those things that must be terrible so i think it was trying to make like the most cringeworthy match possible and trying to make it way more real for like every person who's, who's like a regular person out there watching these death matches yeah <laughs> and uh so do you remember the first time that you bumped on the Lego or the first match that that you involved Lego in? Yes. Um, I was wrestling a wrestler named City, um, who uh, is a, was a mainstay in ISW. Um, he was the other champ for a while, I think. I think he had another championship, or he had just one champ. Anyway, anyway he was uh, a real, real tough asshole in, in ISW. Um, and I had a match with him in Connecticut where it was the first time I ever did Lego, and there was surprisingly, like, more Lego in that match than I think I've had in, like, any of the other ones that I've done since then. Um, and it was crazy, and I remember, um, the first time I ever took a superplex was in that match, and I always tell myself now that whenever I do things like taking superplexes or taking big moves, I'm like, well, you've done all this stuff and you've done it on Lego, so it's never going to be that bad ever again. So it was kind of like this, like baptism by fire, to do all these like big, terrible moves in this Lego, <laughs> and then like now all my other matches are kind of like, oh well, at least it's not in Lego anymore, kind of thing. Um, but it was crazy, and and it was so hot in that venue. I remember it was something like thirty-five degrees or something in the venue. Um, we were all sweaty and horrible, and it was a terrible, terrible venue that way. But it was a great night, and I remember it was like one of the most fun matches I've ever had. Um, yeah, and I think. That one's probably one of my favorite Lego matches even still to today. Hmm. I love that match. How did, how did you even get involved in deathmatch wrestling in the first place? What 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 is what's going wrong in your life that you think <laughs> you think, yeah, this is what I'm gonna specialize in? Well, so the thing about me is I was never a wrestling fan growing up. Hmm. Um, I I got into wrestling late in the game when I was like seventeen. 18-ish, um, and the first wrestling show that anyone ever showed me was the IWA 95 King of the Deathmatch in Japan, the Kawasaki Dream uh, show. <laughs> That's the first wrestling you ever That's saw? That's the first wrestling I ever saw. Oh, man. Okay. So I see, like, Cactus Jack um, and Terry Funk, and I see, you know, like all this crazy stuff that's going on and, and the barbed wire and the blood and, and I'm just like, Oh my God, what is this? And I loved it from like the first moment that I watched it. Mm. Um, I just thought like even still to take Cactus Jack's like my favorite wrestler ever. 
And it was like his promo that he was doing backstage where he was like screaming and he was bleeding. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is what I want to do. I want to be this crazy person. This is what I want to do in wrestling. Um, So I had already started training wrestling even before I had like watched it. And I was like, this is what I want to do with my training. This is what I want to do with wrestling is I want to be this crazy, bloody, screaming lunatic who who goes through barbed wire and thumbtacks and has these kind of matches and makes people feel the way that I feel right now because I couldn't believe what I was watching um, and I wanted to make people feel like that okay so this is this is Addie Star at 17 18 years old <laughs> yeah okay now where on the road to becoming this absolute maniac does Addie Star say Hey, you know, I'd also like to teach high school. (laughs) (laughs) It was it was the weirdest thing. So I I got out of of high school and I spent about two years just like dicking around, working odd jobs here and there and wrestling and training. Mm -hmm. And I kind of realized like part of the way through, I was like, okay, I don't know if 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 this is the right thing for me, like just kind of working these weird jobs. And like I was I didn't feel very fulfilled. Um, And then I read Mick Foley's book, mm-hmm. his first book, and in that book he says you absolutely need to go get some kind of education and also if you want to be a wrestler. Um, he says that, and I remember thinking to myself, like, ah, oh, it's probably a pretty good idea. I probably should do something. And I remembered back to a teacher that I had in high school, my grade 12 English teacher. She was like the coolest lady ever, and she like made me like English literature. She made me like writing. She made me like, um, you know, just books in general because I didn't really care that much about anything in school up until I was in grade twelve and had her. So I thought to myself, like, wouldn't it be cool if I could have a job where all I do is is talk to people about books and about writing? Like that would be a really cool job. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought to myself, like, well, being a writer is really hard, and I don't know how I, how well I would do just being a writer but I could definitely teach people how to write I think and I think I could teach people about reading and I think I I, I, I do well talking to teenagers and I do well like with you know kids and stuff like that mm-hmm. so I, I I went back to university and I actually enrolled in, in uh, a couple universities got rejected a couple times um, and it wasn't until I got to Ottawa I, I applied for Ottawa for a French program that I got in um, so I actually ended up doing my my uh, university all in French, <laughs> which I wasn't expecting to do. Mm. Uh, and did French literature and did um, English literature as my minor, and I and I just kind of went with it. And then I did a couple placements uh, when I got out of university and loved it. I loved everything about teaching. Just like the kids are so funny, uh, the kids are so honest. Um, they tell you exactly what they think, which I love. Um, and everything about it was just the best. Like, and so I always tell people if, if someone made me choose right now between wrestling and teaching, I would probably take teaching because I love it. So you've been teaching now for for how long? Uh, about seven years now. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, well, I mean, I don't have to ask you if this is uh, your your lifelong profession. You you basically just told me that. Yeah. Yeah, it um, is. What what would have to happen? What would have to happen on the wrestling scene for you to for you to say, "No, I'm done. I'm doing. I'm wrestling full time." 
Uh, it would have to be something pretty substantial. I think it would have to be something like a major company approaching me saying like, we're going to give you a contract and mm -hmm. we're going to pay you this much money and we're going to give you a good life because like, that's something that teaching has done for me has given me a, a comfortable life. Um, yeah. It's very predictable routine, which I kind of like, you know, I like getting up early and going to work and coming home and, you know, doing my marking and then going, doing the rest of my day. Um, so there's something about that that I find very calming. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Makes me, maybe I'm super boring. I think I'm like the most, <laughs> I'm, I'm probably the most boring deathmatch wrestler on the planet. You're, I always think. you're, you're allowed to be, I don't know if it's boring or if it's just being well adjusted <laughs> and, and there is nothing wrong with being well adjusted in your life, being I know. content with, you know, yeah. It doesn't always think, have to be swallowing a handful of thumbtacks, does it? I know, but I meet all these other deathmatch wrestlers that are like, yeah, I'm going to go out and go party, and I'm this, that, and whatever, wow. and a crazy life, and I'm just like, oh my god, no, I want to be home and in bed by 10 o'clock. Like, <laughs> no, thank you. Like, was there ever a party phase for you? God, there was when I was like 17, 18. Like, I, I was a wild teenager, like, uh, and I think that's maybe why I'm pretty boring now, because I got it out of the way pretty young. Yeah. Like when I was 16, 17, I was out getting drunk and partying because, you know, I was I was from a town where that was pretty normal. Like everyone going out and getting drunk under bridges and doing all that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty normal. The under bridges part is that's my True. that's the best part of that line. <laughs> There's one bridge in, in Guelph that is notorious for people going and getting wasted under as teenagers. So, yeah, I did. I definitely did that. God, so, uh, so you get all that out of your system, and 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 now the now the crazy is uh, is wrestling. Yes. Have you? Um, now I know it's it, it's kind of an odd time to ask because you know we're still we're still in the midst of global pandemic and you know the world burning itself to the ground. Mm -hmm. But uh, and and. Mm, the bigger part of that I would be being in Canada with a closed border. Yes. Um, but have you had any contact with any of the larger companies about uh, work or tryouts or, hey, you know, we're interested in you, blah, blah, blah? I haven't. And I'm going to say because I haven't pursued it okay. um, at all because again I am so I am really content with um, what I have in wrestling and mm -hmm. with what I've been doing and it's not to say that like I, I don't want to do more because I, I do definitely want to do more in wrestling but I mean I, I work for a few companies that I really love like I work for ISW I work for IWS Montreal mm -hmm. um, I work for Beyond Wrestling uh, a couple other places in the States have contacted me. I had a bunch of other bookings that I was supposed to do before, you know, the world ended. Yeah. And I mean, I was really pleased with what I was doing. So I didn't really, I didn't really want to like push it and like risk having to like take days off work and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I never really, really tried too hard to like find any of the bigger companies and like ask for tryouts and things like that. Um, I, I'm sure if I really pushed it and, and asked around, something could come up somewhere. Yeah. But I just haven't really gone for it. 
Okay. Well, then uh, riddle me this, Batman. How mm. do you end up spending, was it two, three, four years in the UK? Six years, actually. Six years. Because I remember, yeah. <laughs> I remember, I think the first time I met you was here in Toronto uh, at one of Ashley Six's fight shows. Yes, I and that one. Uh, and I'll tell you that I cheated a little, and I went on Cage Match, and I found out it was it was probably probably fight seven, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, now I can't remember who it was that you worked with. I think it was Shanae. Yes, yes, it was. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I was managing Brent Banks, and um, I th- I'm almost sure that that's the first time I met you. It, I think so, yeah. It would it would it was either that or a PWA show and I thought, wow, this is a cool human being. And then you were gone. So, and then I left. <laughs> yeah. I was like yeah. it's like, it like why is that guy smiling at me? I'm going to leave the continent. Uh <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so soon almost as soon as I met you, you like the next the next time I, I, I heard your name, oh, yeah, Addie's in the UK now. What the hell? What brought that on? <laughs> so um, there's, there was a weird thing that happened in Ontario in around 2013 um, for teaching that meant that uh, it became almost impossible to graduate from teacher's college and get a teaching job. Oh. It was the worst legislation that they've ever brought. It was really stupid. So... Um, when I was in teacher's college, they told me something along the lines of, it's going to be about seven years before you get a full-time job. Oh. And I was like, oh, that's terrible. That sucks. Um, so what ended up happening was they had all these job fairs at the university that I went to. And one of the places that was hiring uh, was this recruitment agency for the UK. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go talk to them. I'm not going to say anything like for sure. Excuse me, and I'm not gonna like commit to anything. But I went and talked to them, and they were like, "Yeah, we have like English teaching positions. So you can literally go and teach English literature." And I was like, "Oh my god, that sounds so good." Um, and then I spoke to a couple of the people, and everyone was like, "You know, there's also wrestling in the UK. It's pretty big there." And yeah. I was like, "Really?" Um, and then I realized, like, "Oh yeah, there's like that whole like British style wrestling. That that's a huge thing. That's really, 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 really cool." So. I, I, I got offered a job um, and basically they called me and they were like, we want to offer you this full-time job, um, good pay, benefits, everything right off the beginning. And I was like, I will never find that in Ontario ever. No, yeah. So I took it and I went. And, and uh, within the first two months that I was there, I got a wrestling booking um, and it just took off from there. And then because the cool thing about the UK is that it's so tiny. Mm-hmm. So you can travel all over the place and wrestle like two places in one day if you want to. Yeah. 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 So I, yeah, it's really cool. So I was wrestling all over the place there. I wrestled in Scotland and Wales. I wrestled even in like Portugal. Um, I wrestled in Germany. Uh, so it was like a super cool experience. Yeah. Um, so six <laughs> years living in the UK. I mean, my, my experience with the UK is, uh, I mean, God goes back to 2005, 2006, helping run um, One PW, and uh, I at one point I th- there was a brief thought about me moving over there, 
as the company mm-hmm. as the company was growing uh, and before <laughs> before the wheels fucking came off of it. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking about it. Absolutely, I could do this. Um, and it, of course, it never happened. When you're over there for six years, uh, there's got to be some level of homesickness. Oh yeah, there definitely was. What? Like, big well, no, time. go ahead. Yeah. Like, I just, I missed the biggest thing was my friends, obviously. Yeah. Um, cause it's hard to make friends as an adult when you're working full time and you don't, and I didn't drink at the time when I was living in the UK either. So I didn't really want to go out drinking and partying. Yeah. So I was like kind of a bit of a shut in a little bit. So, uh, that was one of the things missing all my friends, missing my family. It gets, it gets tough after a little while. So I came back after six years. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, aside from friends and family. <laughs> What are what are the, what are the silly silly little things that you missed about being in Ontario? Um, they don't have good donuts in the UK. <laughs> they really don't. <laughs> you just needed you needed to arrange some uh, care packages of Timbits. I know they wouldn't make it. They would they would taste terrible by the time they got there. That was the problem. Um, yeah, they, they, they don't have good donuts in the UK, I can tell you that. And that was, like, a big thing. Donuts are, like, my favorite, like, comfort food. Yeah. Like, big to- like out of everything, if I have to pick one thing that I'm going to eat for the rest of my life, that's going to be it. Oh, my God. Yeah, so <laughs> <clears throat> so the fact that they didn't have good donuts was a big, big uh, turnoff from that. And I'm trying to think what else I missed. Um, I missed hockey a lot. Yeah. Uh, really, because I just couldn't get into football. I couldn't do it. Mm. There was something about it just so boring. And you um, and you never and you never even tried the elite ice hockey league. No, oh God. I mean, Theo Fleury was playing over there at one point. I know. <laughs> it, it, I uh, it was funny because there was a there was a league that was like I was like looking to like meet people and like find something to, that I could do in my spare time. So I asked her, I'm like, is there like an arena? Could I go play hockey somewhere? And then I, I found there was actually a women's hockey league. Yeah. Um, that was like, a, it was basically the equivalent of like a beer league. And I was like, and they were like, what skill level are you? And I said, well, I'm from Canada. And they were like, oh, come on out. Come yeah. on out. Be great. <laughs> you're, you're, you're our first line center. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was pretty funny. It was pretty funny how quickly they were to, uh, to accept me. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> Did you did you end up you end up playing in the league? I didn't because I couldn't get my stuff shipped over. It was going to cost me like three hundred dollars to ship all my gear. Ah, so I didn't end up doing it. Yeah. Well, I mean, three hundred dollars to ship your gear, or you know, two thousand to buy new gear. Right? Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. And especially finding it in the UK is so hard. Oh, that would be yeah. You would end up you would be you would be ending up like ordering from. CanadianTire.com or River City Sports anyways, yeah. right? Well, you so. get it shipped from somewhere like Finland or something, probably. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, do you want to... Do you really want to wear Jaffa? No. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? And now that you're back, you've been back for, what, two and a half years? About two and a half years, yeah. Yeah. What do you miss about the UK? Uh, I miss meal deals. Uh, if anyone knows what a meal deal, I don't know if people know what that is. Uh, Do you know what it is? Have you ever heard of a meal deal? I'm not sure. Okay. I mean, so, I know I know what like fast food places here call meal deals. So it's not fast food. 
It's uh-huh. if you go to a grocery store, any grocery store, yeah. or even even some like gas stations, dude. Yeah. Um, you can get a sandwich, a drink, and a snack for three pounds. Oh. So okay. it's like this super cheap, um, and it's like reliable. It's not gonna like make you sick or anything. Like it, like for some reason, I really trust the like the cheap food over there. Yeah. I don't know why, but you can get like a good sandwich, a good like a packet of crisps, and like a orange Lucasade for a drink or whatever. Yeah. And it's only three pounds, and you can get it everywhere. Like no matter what grocery store you go to, there's gonna be a meal deal. So if you're like hungry at lunchtime or whatever, you always know that there's gonna be something you can eat. You're just trying to find the closest Asda. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Asda has them. Asda is a good one. My favorite was the Tesco ones. Personally, I like Tesco the best. Okay. Because um, there was a Tesco right near my school that I worked at, <laughs> um, and that was my favorite one to get for lunchtime meal deal. Yeah. So I definitely miss that. I miss that a lot. I also miss the tea. The tea there is a lot better. Mm-hmm. And just like the whole like sitting down and having a cup of tea to like chill out is like a really British thing. Um, and if anything's ever like wrong with your day, like if you have a bad day, you like have a cup of tea and everything's fine after that. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's something I miss a little bit of the UK too. Okay. I, I, I have to tell you, I have been watching Coronation <laughs> Street for about 30 plus years now. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm one of them. Right. I'm I am actually I'm actually a very old British lady in disguise. Perfect. And I have long, now it, it it wasn't until maybe about ten years ago that I started drinking tea. I didn't I, I didn't like any hot beverages. Mm-hmm. But I finally got into tea, and I I I've long been it's not fascinated it's distracted by. Ooh. Uh, on the on Coronation Street, how everything, everything results in... You want me to put the pot on? Yes, everything. No matter what's going on, yeah. I have to put the kettle on. It's good, it's bad, it's, you know, it's terrible. A building collapses, somebody dies, well, I'll put the kettle on. Yeah, exactly. That's it's- really what it's like. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> How have they managed to create one of the oldest surviving societies on Earth based on uh, wet leaves? I have no idea, but it really does cure everything. Like I used to, <laughs> like, I used to have some of the toughest days because let me tell you, the kids in England are bad. They yeah. are badly behaved children, <laughs> holy. And I would have some terrible, terrible days at work. Yeah. And I would come home and have a cup of tea and a biscuit and everything just for like that 10 minutes was like just okay. Everything was fine for yeah. those 10 minutes. So it really does work. You you talk about donuts. I, you know what? Good shortbread. I could live off of shortbread. I mean. Here, see, you need to go to the UK then. I would. I would. Uh, <laughs> I, my, my internal system would collapse pretty quickly because just <laughs> here's. There's some flour and butter. Yeah, exactly what it that's, is. Yeah, that's good. Give Perfect. The, give the diabetic some poison. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, Lord God, oh, full English breakfasts and some shortbread. Exactly. Yeah. That's what life's all about, man. <laughs> uh, so, have you, uh, ha- have you gotten calls from any promoters uh, since you've been back to say, you know, hey, we need you in England? Uh, yeah, there's been a couple of people who have been like, you know, we wish that you would come back. Um, 
I did have a trip planned for uh, actually May last oh. year, um, and then all you know all got canceled. Um, the biggest one is Eve Pro Wrestling Eve. Yeah. Um, the women's promotion over there. They they talk to me all the time and they're like oh when you have come back over like we're gonna have you back on the show of course um because eve is the reason that i got back into wrestling because i did i did do a, a brief terry funk style retirement yeah um a couple of years ago mm. and then i went to a couple of eve shows and i reminded me like you know wrestling actually can be fun and wrestling is good so i got back into it after and worked for them quite a bit and uh yeah so whenever i get back to england you know eve's gonna be number one on my list yeah I, yeah. I I know personally I've done the Terry Funk thing twice, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, you know I I've since said that I'll I'll never I'll never use the word retirement. No, you can't. No, everyone comes back. Yeah, like I, I mean, the first time I thought I thought because of injury I was done, and then the second time it was uh, it was because I was you know taking care of my mom, and that was becoming. Mm-hmm. A more and more time-consuming thing, mm-hmm. and after she passed, um, uh, it took me a while. Still, mm-hmm. it took me a few months, and then I I got back in, and mm-hmm. and at this point, like I mean, I've just turned fifty. Oh really? I'm yeah yeah. Uh, wow. April. I had no idea. Yeah. Uh, well, you know. Uh, there we go. Thank you. <laughs> I'll take Good it job. as well. Good job. Uh, yeah, but I'm I uh, retire. No. <laughs> Yeah, I don't care if it's. I don't care if I wrestle a match a year. If I don't care if it turns into three years and and then something happens and it makes sense to work a couple of. There's not going to be. I wrestled Dominic Danucci when he was seventy two, and that's oh my God. and that's fifteen years ago. And I bet I could book him for a show right now. That's amazing. You know? I hope to be like that one day. Yeah, I'm. I I'm hope. just. I'm. I'm. I'll never use the word retirement again because. Hey. Why? Just yeah, why? Exactly. Just, yeah, I'm only fooling myself. Uh, <laughs> nobody ever gets out. No. Um, so is that is that kind of a, uh, a summer vacation plan for you? Maybe coming up. Uh, you know, once school, maybe not this year, but once school ends. Yeah, maybe, I maybe think Maybe you so. end up doing Europe. Each yeah, year? I think. I think. Um that's the, the beautiful thing about teaching is you get your summers off, right? Yeah. So you've got a lot of time to do stuff that you want to do. So I think definitely um, the UK is going to be in the books for, for the next vacation that I take, whenever that is. Yeah. Um, my boyfriend really wants to go to the UK too because he wants he's he's really excited because he loves traveling, but he wants to go to places and see them with locals. Yeah. So he's like he's like you are basically a local, so like you could show me all like the cool parts of England, like the cool <laughs> stuff the that cool no one ever parts. stuff. Yeah, I'm like, okay, so we won't go to Stonehenge. Like, that's the only thing I can say. Like, I don't know. So he, he really wants to go, too. Um, so I think that's definitely going to be on, on there. I want to go back to Portugal, too, because there's a great promotion in Portugal mm-hmm. that I worked for. Um, there's another great place in Germany that I worked for that I want to go back to. So it's going to be a whole whole summer of going all around Europe and just wrestling again as much as I can. Very good. Um and you're also uh, you're also streaming on Twitch now and again. Now and again, yes. Yeah. Not so much currently because we don't have the setup right now. But yeah, uh, yeah now and again we do. And I remember uh, just a few months ago before you started, you you were saying, "Look, I've got this Twitch channel, and uh, you know I want to do something, but 
should I? And you you were kind of wishy-washy about it. It's hard because everyone is streaming these days. Yeah. Like literally everyone. Yes. Um. So I, I keep trying to like think about what I can do because I don't want to be like the same as everyone else. I don't want to just like go on and play games and whatever. Um, and there's a lot of people who are doing stuff with wrestling now on Twitch too, where they like watch wrestling and do stuff like that. So there's there's a ton of content out there. Like there's there's more content than anyone can ever consume yeah. these days. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing for us is that we have um, we I say we my my boyfriend has a substantial retro video game collection. Oh, okay. And when I say substantial, I mean like he has over probably a thousand retro video games. Um, he has almost the entire Super Nintendo library uh, of games. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we were playing a lot of these retro games that he has with the original hardware without using ROMs. So that was kind of like my my plan was to do that. And then I turns out I'm not very good at a lot of those games. So that plan kind of like fell through a little bit. So we're, we're still kind of like trying to find our niche and trying to like find where we want to be in streaming because it's it's a lot of fun when when we stream like i have a lot of fun interacting with people um and i have a lot of fun playing the games and it's just a matter of like figuring out what you want to do with it and uh what what uh what what have you been playing recently recently or um, last i should say i we've been playing a lot of stardew valley um which is a a farming simulator game, <laughs> kind of like Harvest Moon kind of thing. Um, <laughs> it's pretty fun. It sounds ridiculous and really boring, but it's really fun. Anyone out there who has played Stardew Valley who's listening will be like, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. Uh, and you can do co-op. So me and my boyfriend have like a farm together that we like have that we play together. And it's really cute. Um, there's that. And then we've been playing a lot of like Mario 3D. Um, I've, uh, what else have we done? We played, yeah, I've been playing back through like all the Mario games because I never played them as a kid, so I'm like playing them as an adult. Yeah. So I've never experienced them before. Uh, my boyfriend's playing a ton of Street Fighter right now. He does online Street Fighter tournaments, things like that. Um, so yeah, tons, tons of different stuff. So that's that's why it's so hard because we're like we have all these different things that we like. We just want to like share it with everyone. We yeah. want to like do a whole bunch of different stuff, I guess. Are you doing Are you doing any non gaming <laughs> streams? Um, we haven't yet. Um, we're not really sure how that works yet because it's, there's a lot of like copyright stuff, right? Like you have to like own the, the footage or whatever of stuff that you, you want to show. Is well, that it depends. It depends on what you're you're doing. I mean, you know, I, I know more than a few people. John Greed is doing a thing on Wednesday nights where he we show uh, he airs um, backyard wrestling and then just some you know some trash bag wrestling. And uh, and we we mystery science theater the crap out of that. Oh, that's awesome! And and what we do is, um, you know, anybody else who's in the um, in the chat in the group discussion, whatever you want to call it, um, we don't we don't stream. Um, mm-hmm. At most, what we'll do is like I plan to do this uh, this this Wednesday is I will host his channel on my channel, right? Right. It's, it's Greed's thing. On Thursday nights, we play poker. And ah. uh, and I'm the only one streaming. And, you know, I think last week Greed hosted my channel. 
So, right. um, but I also, you know, I, Monday nights, uh, a, f- a few Monday nights, I haven't been doing it regularly lately. I, I came up with a game show. I've been playing a trivia game show. Right. Um, so, I mean, there's plenty of other nonsense to do. I just wonder, like, I, for myself, I tried, I, um, I streamed wrestling, like, Four or five times, I was doing some XPW old. Somebody's been uploading oh, old. Oh my god! Yeah, and if I <laughs> if I if I stream wrestling again, what I might end up doing is somebody's been uploading all the old XPW TV shows. I might start with episode one and go through XPW. That would be hilarious. That is that is that would make it interesting for me. Oh you know? XPW. Otherwise, oh, yeah. I hey listen I was happy in XPW I wish uh, if Rob Black hadn't fucked up and <laughs> in, and and literally invited the Attorney General of the United States to prosecute him mm. you know uh, XPW might have grown into something you right. know uh but no but no no he spent a he spent no. a couple of years in fucking prison promotion yep. that uh <laughs> But to to make to make it interesting, that would be a way to make a streaming wrestling interesting for me. Otherwise, eh, I don't I yeah. don't know if I want to do that. And I and yeah. you're you're right. Everybody, so many people are streaming now and streaming right. so much material. And everybody has a podcast. Yes. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, um, Keith Olbermann. From used to be on ESPN, used to be on MSNBC. Keith Olbermann has a new podcast called the Everybody Has a Fucking Podcast podcast. Perfect. <laughs> so, so yeah, there's a there's a lot of material out there. Uh, mm-hmm. It's you know you you've either got to create something different or have a dedicated audience that wants to hear from you in the first place. Exactly. So, and I don't think, uh, I, I think you probably have a pretty dedicated fan base. I have some fans. I have some people that, that will drop it. So whenever I'm streaming, I always get a couple people that drop in and say hi. And that's, yeah. and that's really all I want is just to like interact with some people because, you know, we're all starving for any kind of social interaction these days. Oh, God, yes. So, yeah, it's crazy. So if, <laughs> if I put on a game and I'm playing and people come in and drop in and say, hey, what's up? And I talk to them a little bit, like. That's perfect for me. Like that's all I really want out of streaming. It's kind of like with wrestling. I just kind of like want to have a good time and have fun and yeah. you know, like hang out with my friends and see people that I like. Like it's really the same thing. All, all I'm saying, I think my long-winded bullshit is uh don't be afraid to try something really different. Don't be afraid to try okay. something on a whim. Even if all you right. do it once or twice and you think, "Meh, you you tried it." So, right. Yeah. Exactly. There, you you have people that will come along for the ride and and uh, and tell and you and see whether. how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Tell me about the one million bricks campaign. Right. The one million bricks dot com campaign. Um, so, Rosh messaged me. This is Mike Rosh from ISW. Mm-hmm. Uh, messaged me. I'm trying to think how long ago it was now. Probably like a few months ago. And he was just like, I have a really dumb idea. And I'm like, perfect. Let's hear it. Um, 
and he's like, I want to do like the biggest, dumbest, most Lego ever because like I've done Lego a bunch of times for him. And he always like complained that some of my matches that I had had like hardly any Lego in them. And I was like, yeah, it happens sometimes because Lego's expensive, man. Let's let's just say that it's it's tough sometimes to put on a Lego match with who, a with a limited the, budget. Who the fuck are you telling that Lego's expensive? <laughs> yeah, when so like true, I peer right? I peer over my computer at the fifty square feet of Lego that is Otisburg. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy how expensive it is. Yeah. So we're like, okay, we need to think of a way to make this like really dumb but awesome match that has tons of Lego, lots and lots of bricks, um, just like the craziest death match we've ever had. Um, but we have to be able to like, uh, you know, do it feasibly because I can't afford to buy a million blocks or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, fair enough. I totally get it. Yeah. Um, so we came up with the idea that like we would – well, he came up with the idea. I'm not going to say I came up with it. He came up with the idea um, to basically crowdsource it and, and, and put it out there in the world that, like, this is going to be a really, really dumb, stupid, but hilarious and great and entertaining match. Yes. Um, and we need your help to make it happen. So it's it's basically kind of like, you know how people, like, sponsor wrestlers? Mm-hmm. Um, you say it's, it's almost the same thing. Like, if you want to, like, be a part of the match and you want to, like, get a little bit of recognition – um, and help put the match on. You can send in Lego to to our headquarters, um, and we're amassing it. We are counting it. I think we're at over a hundred thousand, one hundred thirty-two thousand, something like that now. Yeah. Um, so we're a tenth of the way there, I think. Um, and and it's going well. We got a lot of people donating. We we have a lot of like knockoff company break, like like I think there's one called like Lucky Dog or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they've like basically like completely sold out of it on Amazon at the moment because we bought all of it. Um, so it's going pretty well. I'm pretty happy with it. I, I hope I hope I get to be in the match. I don't even know if I'm in it or not, but I hope so. How are, um, how could you not be in the match? That's what I th- I thought that too. I was like, I really think that I, I I deserve it. I think that I've worked hard. I think that I've done a lot for the for this match, this type of match. I think I deserve to be in it. <laughs> I, I listen. If if you're not in this match, we riot. That's all I'm saying. Right. Perfect. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, I mean, uh, there's no way to put a date on it yet because you've got to amass mm-hmm. one million blocks, right? Yes. So, we've got to get all the blocks, and and with all the restrictions and everything too, we don't even know where the match is going to be yet. We don't know where we're going to hold the show. Yeah. So it just all depends on how things go in the next little bit, right? Yeah, I I said uh, I said uh, bricks uh, initially, but it's actually one million blocks dot com, all spelled mm-hmm. out words, not numbers, uh, and uh, and you can check this out. And uh, <laughs> I love the, I always love uh, any long form letter from Mike Roch. <laughs> Because I know yes. that somewhere in the middle of the sincerity, there's just going to be, he's just going to say something stupid. Oh, always. <laughs> the best. Oh, and like even Nick Gage is involved in it too. He did a promo for us too for it. So anything with Nick Gage, now I am like all over it. Nick Gage is like my favorite wrestler now. Oh, yeah. Um, so like anything with him in it, you got to support too. It's like the best. So go go check out the, uh, the website. It's got all this stuff on there. Yeah. It's great. I Nick Gage. I'll I'll tell you the most. I, I I don't think I don't know that I've ever met Gage. I you know I, because of XPW I was on a 
couple of shows with his brother. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, rest mm-hmm. in peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, uh, the Nick Gage thing that uh, that sticks in my mind lately is the uh, the matches with uh, Ricky Shane Page. Yes, and uh, Ricky's gear for their title match recently. Oh, it was so good. Come. Get- it, white gear, belt, yeah, yeah, white gear with big green letters on it that said "Come get your, come get your belt, con." No, come get your fucking belt, convict. So good. The promos, whole, oh. the promos out of out of Ricky Shane Page at this point are gold, absolute They're- gold. That whole feud, I think, is one of the best things that's happened to the indie wrestling in a long time. Yeah, I like I love Nick Gage. I love anything that he's in, and that that whole little story was just like perfection. And yeah. then I watched their their last match. I watched it, um, and I was like, "This is it. This is the best way they could have ended it." Like, I'm so happy. Like, oh, I love. Yeah, I love Nick Gage. Nick Gage is my favorite wrestler. Nick Gage, if you're listening. I love you, man. <laughs> you see, now he's gonna he's gonna take this the wrong way if he hears this. I'm gonna make this into the clip for the show. He's gonna take this the wrong way if he hears this. But I feel this. I feel the exact same way about Ricky Shane Page. Perfect. Fucking love that guy. Everything he does is he's got a <laughs> Midas touch for me. And and I'll tell you what. Now, uh, you. Came in and worked uh, four way for the Northern Lights title for me. Uh, it, well, it's oh my god, it's a fucking year and a half ago now. Yeah, long time. <sighs> Linear time is uh, is a chore. Uh, <laughs> I, and I kept, I've I've said to Lenny Lilac, I've said to anybody who will listen, I I need Addy Star. I need to I need to book more Addy Star. Oh. And um, eventually the borders are going to open. Eventually. And I'm going to make Addy Star versus Ricky Shane Page happen. That We've been talking about that, me and him. Yeah? We had said he's like, I've never done a match, a death match with another, uh, with a woman before, so I feel like it should be you. And I was like, yes, let's do it, man. I don't care if it happens anywhere else. I have to make it happen in Toronto for, a, un- for a union show. That's amazing. That would be the best day. I absolutely. Uh, so, uh, pencil. You know, I've really telegraphed this, and now Ricky can rake me over the coals for uh, for money. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it. I'll put it in my diary, though. I'll pencil it in. Absolutely. When I, you know, there's a. Uh, I have a deposit down on on the venue that's now just floating, waiting for us to pick a day. So. Right. Once that day Perfect. is picked, uh, we'll be discussing things. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's let's uh, we'll start wrapping things up here. Um, I have to between um, between death matches and women's matches and intergender matches. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you find that you're working most, and what are you? You know, like if if I have to choose, or if you have to choose one, what are you doing on a show? Um, I think I've done them all pretty evenly. Yeah. It's kind of gone in like phases in my career. So like I started out doing death matches, like predominantly death matches. Like that was my thing. Like I wanted to do that, nothing else. And then um, after a couple years of doing that, I got some further training 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I trained with the the Smash Dark Order, Smash Brother, whatever you want to call them now. Yeah. Um, and they were like, you need to get your like tra- wrestling wrestling a little more like polished up. And I was like, all right, cool. So then I started doing more intergender matches, um, and getting my like technical wrestling down a little bit more. And then later on, when I was really like really wanted to champion women's wrestling, I was doing a lot more women's wrestling. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of gone in like these different parts of my career so i wouldn't say that i've done one more than any of the other ones maybe more intergender just because of the lack of women's wrestlers around at a lot of you know phases of my career yeah like when i first started training there it was like me and one other woman that was it so um it was me 21st century fox i don't know if you remember her yes i do i do yes it was me and her and that was like it there was no one else (laughs) (laughs) so uh it was a lot of me wrestling her and then a lot of me wrestling the guys so yeah. it just all depended, like, what what was going on. Um, and if I had to choose one, I would probably go with the death matches, I think. Yeah. Because I think you can be really, really, really creative with them. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I find that, you know, in wrestling, like, there's only so much that I, like, not only so much. I mean, you can do anything in wrestling, really, if you really want to. But, like, I find that I, I feel very creative. I feel like I can get, I can really tell stories in death matches. And I can still wrestle. I can still do all these wrestling moves. Like, I doesn't just have to be like a like a smashy smash kind of thing where you just hit each other in the head with stuff. Like, you can do a whole bunch of different, like, actual wrestling moves and just incorporate your, your deathmatch wrestling into it. So I would probably go with deathmatch wrestling. Is there anything involved in deathmatch wrestling that you just won't do? Um, I won't do fire. Okay. Because I don't, I don't want my hair to get set on fire. Ah, yeah. <laughs> that's the only, like, that's really it. Is like, I just really, really don't want to go bald because my hair got set on fire. <laughs> <laughs> so I won't get put through a flaming table or anything. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's the only thing. See, for me, it's always been glass. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with thumbtacks. I'm happy with barbed wire. I just... I I got no fucking interest whatsoever in anything to do with glass. No light tubes at all. No, no. Oh, I, would, I never would. I would never. I would never do shit with light tubes. I oh, I just can't. So fun. So really? fun. Really? You just gotta. You gotta be careful. You gotta dig the glass out after. You yeah. find little pieces. Like a couple weeks later, you're like, oh, here's a little piece, and you like pull it out. It's all it's all fun. Yeah, but I mean, I I I think it was Toby Klein that uh, had like one of those Ric Flair bumps growing on him at one point, oh, and God. he finally he finally got uh, finally got somebody to look at it, and it ended up being a piece of glass. Right. So and that's what happens when you no. leave it. <laughs> when you leave it for a while. See, I'm a smart deathmatch. I will go to the doctor. I will I will go get things checked out if they need to get checked out. Uh, no, I'm just I'm 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 just afraid of glass. Like okay, I, fair enough. Yeah, but fair enough. But thumbtacks, fuck yeah, nope. thumbtacks no and problem. barbed wire. I've been I've been hit in the face with barbed wire. I don't give a shit. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> I'm not. I've never earned a living as a male model. You can hit me in the <laughs> face with some barbed wire, but it's uh, fine. Yeah, but glass, no. Okay, so no fire for Addie Star. Okay. That seems reasonable. <laughs> with, with everything else you do, I think no fire is a reasonable request. Right, fair. It's good. I've had my eyebrows shaved off. I don't mind fire. 
Uh, all right, Addie Star, please tell the audience where they can find you on social media. Okay, so you can find me. I'm most active on Twitter. I love to talk with people on Twitter, so please follow me at Addie Star. Uh, I'm also on Instagram at Addie Stars and Stripes. And then my Twitch stream is uh, Addie Star Scream Star Stars, as always, in every one of my handles. Star, I love, I love Star Scream as, uh, as part of your <laughs> handle, which uh, yes. just, uh, just, as an eighties, as an eighties kid, that makes me so happy. My Transformers love, yes. <laughs> Fantastic! All right, Addy Star, my God, thank you very much for uh, coming on the Handsome Genius Club today. No problem. It was really a lot of fun. All right, kids, that's going to wrap up another episode of the Handsome Genius Club. Uh, I got to start doing this before we go into the interviews. I'm going to do this uh, starting starting Thursday's episode. I'm going to try and remind myself to do the shill before. Before the the uh, the interview, uh, all my social media at my name is Kingdom. That's Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, YouTube, and Patreon. I really want you to check out the Patreon. I really want you to consider uh, getting in there and becoming a member and helping grow this community. And uh, I mean, it would be insane if we managed to get to 100 supporters um it changes it 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 makes a dent in my life and it helps me open things up to do more creative shit here on uh online and especially on patreon um so yeah please uh Patreon.com slash my name is Kingdom. Um, other than that, Thursday's episode, uh, we've got Jamal Eigel, comic book creator Jamal Eigel. He's going to talk about Molly Danger. He's going to talk about Black. He's going to talk about uh, uh, The Wrong Earth. And he's going to talk about, oh my God, Chloe is suddenly demanding attention. And it's that time of night where she starts getting vocal. Uh, it's not just shoving me. It's also meowing. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about a lot of comics. We're going to talk about a little wrestling with Jamal Eichel, too. He's a wrestling fan. Um, and then Friday on Patreon, the Patreon exclusive episode for the week is Channing Decker. Speaking of Dark Side of the Ring, a few weeks ago, Channing Decker portrayed, we saw him portraying uh, Brian Pillman. In the season premiere, the third season premiere of Dark Side of the Ring. So we're going to talk to Decker about uh, running his own promotion, being on that show, going to Japan for the first time, uh, and and what he wants to do uh, moving forward in professional wrestling. Um, there's going to be more interviews coming to Patreon and good, good stuff. So, uh, yet another reason for you to check out the Patreon account. All right, that'll do it for today. I'll see you again on Friday, folks, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Please, in the meantime, take care of one another. Find some good trouble to get into, and hey, remember that your Uncle Kingdom loves you. Bye. <laughs>